Good morning, True Life Church. This is Sue Penrod here. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope everyone had a great Christmas and a happy new year. I'm here to read a scripture passage for today. It is John 20, 21 through 22. And Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he be breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may have a seat. Good morning again. If you're here for the first time, by the way, I'm Pastor Chris, and if you're watching online and you're watching for the first time, I'm Pastor Chris, and I'm glad to be together first Sunday of the year. First Sunday of the year. So what are we going to talk about? What are we doing? Let me just give you a little look ahead. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll work backwards. February 7th, we're going to start a series through the book of Exodus. The massive book of Exodus we're going to start a series through. Uh, I, 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 I think uh, some of our life groups are going to go through that uh, book as well, do that study with us. Um, probably going to have a reading plan to go along with it, and probably going to have some midweek devotionals, midweek teachings to go along with it. So it's going to be a massive uh, campaign as we study the power, the presence, and the people of God through the book of Exodus. That's February 7th. What are we doing for January? Well, we are going to be, I've been thinking about and praying about January for the last few months. We had January planned out before we even had December planned out. Um, the reason we did the series that we did in December where we focused on um, how Jesus came one time and gave us power and authority in his name uh, to go advance his kingdom until he comes a second time. We live between two advents where we, we celebrate that he paid for all things, um, but we are not yet experiencing all things being uh, um, renewed yet. And so in the middle, we are called to be his hands and feet and to advance his kingdom. Well, we wanted to do that because once January hit, we wanted to be ready to roll. We wanted to be ready to go. We wanted to be ready to put that into action and to move forward. And so this, the, the series that we're doing right now is something I'm calling Reignite. Forgive me. I had to get my clicker. Reignite. Turning up our passion for how God wants to use us in 2021. God wants to use you. Did you know that? And did you know it's not just to complain about what's going on politically? Believe it or not. Believe it or not. It's not just to complain about whether or not you like face masks and whether or not um, everybody else is as much of an expert as you are on COVID precautions. Believe it or not. God wants you to be faithful with what you can be faithful with and trust him with the stuff that's outside your control. And there's a lot of stuff that's outside our control that we were bothered by in 2020 that we're still going to be bothered by in 2021. It ain't, a lot of it ain't changing. And, and we could either spend more time complaining and letting that move us into a stupor, spiritually speaking, and be complacent, spiritually speaking, while we just watch the news and complain about things. Or we can say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to trust you with that. I'll pray for that, but I'm going to trust you with that. And I'm not going to spend as much time talking about, worrying about, and, and, and fussing about that stuff. And instead, I'm going to allow you to renew my passion for the things that you've called me to as an individual and also as a church community together. So what we're going to do over the next five weeks, we're going to talk about being a sending church. That's today. We're going to talk about being a praying church. That's next week. Two weeks from now, we're going to talk about being a justice-seeking church. And Pastor Bill Meyer is going to come in and, and, and be a special guest from Alive Again Alliance Church on that one. Then we're going to talk about being a healing church. And then finally, we're going to talk about being a generous church. These are values that we as a church embrace. 
Uh, and we, we want to live out. We're going we're to talk about how those things flow out of the character and nature of God. And, and, and then it, how they should practically move us into specific rhythms and specific habits as a church community and also as individuals. So that's what we're talking about in this series, starting with being a sending church. And, and the text that we're going to be anchored in is John 20. Sue Penrod just read from it, verses 21 and 22. I'm going to do a shorter message than normal because we have a testimony at the end. And we have something special going on today that is both bitter uh, uh, and sweet, right? Hence, bittersweet term. Uh, so, here's, <laughs> let me fix this for a second. Time out. Time out. All right, I think that might be better. We're going to start with why. Why are we to be ascending church? Why do we want to be ascending church? Then we're going to talk about how. And then we're going to talk about the what. What does it look like, specifically, practically? What might it look like for you and for us? Okay? Okay, good. Glad you're on board. Lord Jesus, we want this passion to be reignited. Some of us don't have passion. Some of us have been in a stupor because of just being on vacation and family stuff. And we got used to sitting on the couch and catching up on Netflix. And uh, I know there was a part of me that didn't want to be around people starting the new year off. Want to hibernate a little bit more. But Lord, you've called us to be your people and to move and to advance your kingdom. And I pray that you would use our time together right now to reignite our fire, our passion, that you would turn up our desire to be used by you this year. It's in your name, I pray. Amen. All right. Why do we want to be ascending church? Well, let's look again at our passage in John 20, where it says, Peace be with you. Jesus said to the disciples, this is after he rose again. They, they, they see him in the flesh. And they're freaking out a little bit. He's like, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, let me bottom line it for you up front. The reason we are to be ascending church is because God is ascending God. That's it. Our God is ascending God. That's who he is. And so as his people, we want to we emulate who he is, right? Jesus said, the Father has sent me. God the Father looked upon his humanity, looked upon his creation that went wrong, his, his people who rebelled against him. And instead of saying, you know what? Let's wait and see if they can get their acts together. And if they come begging for forgiveness, then maybe we'll grant them forgiveness. No, that's not our God. Our God said, you know what? We're going after them. We're going after those people. And he sent the Son roll up his sleeves and to jump into the muck and the mire and to take on our brokenness and to do what we celebrated at Christmas time, which is what? To get into a baby. To get into a baby so that that flesh that he put on could be crucified to a cross. Our God is ascending God. He came after us. And then, and then God the Son sent God the Spirit into his followers, those who trust in him. So that the Spirit would send us out into the world like Jesus was sent out into the world. Now, why does he want to send us? Why you and me? We're broken. We're sinful. We're prideful. We do stupid things. Anybody do stupid things lately? Why would he want to send us? Because God has always been about calling us as his image bearers to steward his mission, to manage 
his kingdom on earth. When he created Adam and Eve to begin with, he told them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. So in other words, take charge, manage my project that I started, be my image bearers, create, cultivate. That's what they were supposed to do. Now they screwed it up. They sinned against him. Everything was fractured. And now by default, you and I as human beings, you know what we do? We don't work for God. We work for ourselves. We build our own towers and our own kingdoms to ourselves. We, like, we put our names on things. This is mine, right? We want to be in charge. We want to have the power. We want to have people working for us instead of remembering, wait, I'm called to work for God's kingdom and his mission. And when Jesus goes after you and me and gets a hold of our hearts and redeems us and we receive his forgiveness, and he puts his spirit in us. You know what he does? He calls us back into his mission. He calls us back into his massive restoration project. And he says, get busy, get working. He calls us his workers. Look at what Jesus said before he was crucified in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. That phrase, compassion, has the idea of being like moved in his bowels. He's like, ah! Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He was bothered by that. And you know what he did? Look what he said next. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Ask, so pray, in other words. Pray for what? Oh, pray for hearts to change out there. That's not what he tells them to pray for. He tells them to pray for workers to be sent so that he could change their hearts through actual human beings. Pray for more workers. The harvest is huge. We need more workers who are willing to say, Lord, I'll go. I'll step out of my comfort zone. I'll walk across the street. I'll move my family. I'll go across the country. I'll move to another country. I'll move across the cubicle to see how my co-workers doing, even though they annoy me. I'll be your worker. Pray for more workers. He's always wanted a partnership with human beings. He's always wanted to redeem us and then send us out to be part of redeeming others. Reconciling us and then send us out to be part of reconciling others. Look at how the Apostle Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, if anyone is in Christ, so not everybody is in Christ. If you're not a Christian, then, then you're off the hook here. You're off the hook. Don't, take any, you know, don't, don't worry about me bothering you today. But if you're in Christ... You're a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. All this from God, who reconciled to himself through Christ and gave us what? The ministry of reconciliation. In other words, he didn't call us to be reconciled to God so that you can sit around in nice, neat, sterile, safe Bible studies, acquiring a bunch of head knowledge for yourself, and then go back to your everyday life feeling good about yourself because you have more Bible knowledge. You have been given the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. 
We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, his representatives, as though God were making his appeal through us, as if God was making his appeal through us. Can you think about that for a moment? God wants to make his appeal to a broken world through you and me. Isn't that ridiculous? We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So that's the why God's ascending God. He wants to send us. He wants to send us. In fact, the Lord's Prayer, I was reading a, a book by N.T. Wright called The Lord and His Prayer. That, 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 that when it opens with our Father, our Father is a phrase that um, most of us have, if we've been in church, have been taught it's an intimacy word. Like it's, an, it's, a, it's a way of approaching God with intimacy. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? Our Dada, our Abba. It, 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 it's, it's an indicator that there's intimacy, there's closeness. I'm your adopted son, your adopted daughter. I can trust you. I can rest in you. And all that's true. But it's also an indicator, and what Jesus meant by it was, uh, it, it, it's a declaration that I'm part of your mission. I'm an, a father would apprentice his son. And, and it's a declaration that, Father, I want to be your apprentice son, your apprentice daughter. I want to be a part of of your family business. I want your priorities to be my priorities. I want to sign on to the kingdom work, the restoration project that you care so much about. Show me how to do it. So that's the why. Because God is ascending God. Now let's go to the how. Let's go to the how. How are we to be ascending church? Because... We live in a culture, you and I, that tells us to play it safe. Build walls, build fences, put boundaries around our lives, build man caves, and all, have all that to keep people out, right? We have hearts that are on default. We wake up in the morning. I don't know if you wake up in the morning, but we wake up in the morning going, I, I wake up in the morning. I don't feel like being around people today, oftentimes. We have a default setting in our hearts that goes inward. Focus on our own comforts, our own needs, our own wants, our own preferences, our own rights, building our own kingdoms, living for our own glory, getting pats on the back from people around us. So how are we to do this? Even our churches have this inward bent, right? They grow and they become inward focused. And we, you know, we start to fight over the stupidest, pettiest Freaking things, right? And I do it too. We all do it. That's our, that's our inward bent. And so how are we to be a sent people to do what Jesus did? Well, Jesus told us, <laughs> receive the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, the, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. The, our, the Spirit of God is, is a sending spirit. And he's the one who overcomes our selfishness. He overcomes our complacency. He overcomes our laziness. And he pushes us outward, and he, and he breaks our hearts for what breaks God's hearts, and he gives us compassion that is supernatural compassion, the same kind of compassion that broke Jesus when he looked at the crowds and they were harassed. He gives us that. He, he gives us supernatural gifts, and he comforts us, and he guides us, and he teaches us, but it's also that he can send us. If we are to be a spirit-filled church who takes seriously the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, we have to understand and embrace the fact that he wants to send us outside of our comfort zones. 
If we just want his comfort for our own sakes, we're actually going to miss out on a lot of his comfort and his presence. He wants to send us. And as we are sent and trust him, he fills us with comfort. He fills us with his presence. That's what he does. Look at one, Acts 1.8 where Jesus said, you will receive power. This is right before he vanished into the sky. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, how are this group of Jews who didn't like going into Samaria because there was racial and religious tension between the groups, how are they going to get to the end of the earth? The power of the Holy Spirit giving them boldness, giving them compassion, giving them a desire to go, to lay down their lives, to lay down their comforts. So that's the how, and now let's get to the what. What does it look like more practically and more specifically? What does it look like for our church to be ascending church? Well, again, Jesus said, the Father, as the Father has sent me. So the Father sent Jesus. What did he do? First of all, he left the comforts of heaven and he gave up his divine privileges in order to step into our brokenness and he healed and he brought justice and he, he, he freed the oppressed and, and, and he most, most importantly proclaimed the good news that there's a way to be reconciled back to God. So you and I, what does that mean? If we're to be sent like the Father sent Jesus, how is he sending us? Give up our comforts give up our privileges and our rights. Well, I shouldn't have a right to do that. Oh, you give that up because the Father sent the Son and the Son sending you. you. You give up your preferences. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to do X, Y, and Z. Well, you put that aside. To be sent by Jesus means we, don't, we no longer say, I shouldn't have to blank. It shouldn't be part of our language anymore. Unless you're not a Christian, you can keep that. You keep that. You keep saying that. But if you're a Christian... If you're apprenticed by the Father, right? If you pray our Father, then, then no longer is part of your language, I shouldn't have to blank, blank, and blank. Cut that out of there. No longer part of it, because as the Father sent Jesus, he's sending you. You give up your rights. You give up your preferences. You give up your preferences. And you step into others' brokenness, the pain, the injustices, the lostness of this world, to bring signs of the kingdom, love of the kingdom, and also the message of the kingdom, which is that there's a king who died and rose again on their behalf. And that means that sometimes we're going to have to open our, our mouths, which I know is not cool anymore in today's culture, but we do it. We do it. We do it. And this plays out in multiple ways. Um, first of all, it plays out as we go. Like as we go about our everyday lives, it doesn't require you to flip your life upside down or move your family across the country in order to be sent. When you go to your job, you're sent by the Spirit of God. When you go to the Starbucks, when you go to the gym, when you go to school, you're sent by the Spirit of God. And we are to look at those atmospheres with God's eyes and go, Lord, is there something for me to do here? Is, is there somebody for me to love? Is there somebody who needs to know about your love and your grace for them? Is there somebody who just needs a helping hand? Well, Lord, use me today. Use me today. It's as we go. I want to read a story from Mary Martin in our church who just last month when we were talking about boldness, she came down and she received prayer from Pastor Rigo asking for boldness. So he prayed for her. And then a few days later, something happened and she sent me an email. I want to read an excerpt from it. Last night at work in the ICU... 
at Community Medical Center, so that's where she works, my patient was having pain and most likely a panic attack and a screaming. I called the nurse practitioner, who I have been working with now for two years. She started praying for him really loud, and then I started praying with him, and he found comfort in that, and he was so grateful. Now, that's, we'll pause there. That's pretty, that's huge, right? Boldness, you start praying for somebody at work, you're praying openly and loudly. That's, that takes boldness. That takes stepping outside your comfort zone, right? But it doesn't stop. And then later, when we were alone in the room, I asked him if he would accept the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, and he said yes. Who says yes to that kind of weird question? Somebody whose heart God is preparing. The harvest is huge. We just need more workers to believe it. God's already preparing hearts in the harvest. Just needs workers who are willing to say, I got a question to ask. This might sound really weird and awkward. And then who knows? Yes, I'm ready. I want to. So it's as we go, our everyday life. She didn't need to move. She just went to work. She just went to work. Where are you going today? Where are you going tomorrow? Now, it also means we do recalibrate our calendars a bit. We, we do reprioritize our resources, our time, and our money. This is why, as a church community, we, we have uh, ministries and initiatives that we have started and plan to start. We, we, it's why we do the homework club. It's why we have a team that goes into the Chelsea Assisted Living Home. It's us stepping into, believing that we're ascending church, so we go into places, dark places to bring light, broken places to, to, to bring healing, injustices to bring justice, lack of mercy to bring mercy. It's why some of you volunteer at Alaire Community Farm. It's why some of you volunteer with um, Big Brothers and Big Sisters or the Open Door Pregnancy Center. It's why we're going to be starting a new ministry uh, to help teach English as a second language to minorities. Uh, it's why we're going to have groups uh, to come alongside women and, and couples in crisis pregnancies in, in a greater partnership with the Open Door Pregnancy Center. Because God's ascending God, and we believe that, and we want to be sent by him. It's why we took that huge 60,000-plus uh, Great Commission offering last month. Our church raised over 60 grand in a month for the Great Commission Fund of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Yeah. That's addition to what we give as a church monthly. Uh, so I think combined, it was over 100 grand this year that was sent out to support missionaries, relief aid efforts around the world. That's what it means to be a sending church. We send our money, a hard-earned money to support people who are on the front lines. I want to show you a video highlight of a couple from Israel who we are primarily supporting and building a relationship with, and we're going to have regular updates from them. This is Jeff and Katie Hoops just giving a quick two to three minute update to us. Hi, everyone. We are Jeff and Kate Hoops and our newborn son, Theo. <laughs> uh, not pictured our two daughters, uh, Tilly and Nora. We are CMA international workers serving in the Holy Land. Uh, we currently serve as a field director couple, so we oversee all the ministries in this country among the various uh, people groups. We serve primarily among uh, Arabic speakers in, uh, in Jerusalem and the West Bank. And uh, we're glad to be able to connect with you this way. Yes, we just wanted to take a brief moment to thank you all so much for your continued support throughout uh, the COVID crisis. Thank you for your support for our family, but also the additional support that you gave um, that has enabled us to 
give over 200 meals in a food distribution. He wants to say hi. <laughs> um, especially in, in the harder hit areas where the economy has been really difficult. Many people are unemployed. Governments are not able to pay. The government is not able to pay uh, teachers and other employees right now. So the fact that we are able to help give food uh, in the name of Jesus and to, to embody that the very practical love uh, that he has for us has been a huge blessing. We've also been able to continue uh, some tutoring programs when education, when Zoom and things like that are not possible for certain families, a very safe temperature checking, small numbers, um, tutoring program. So that's been a huge blessing to those in the community and all that has been possible because of your all's continued support. So thank you all so much for that. We're able to pay the tutors and help them, then buy food for their families. So uh, the cyclical effect of all that has been really, really beautiful and powerful. We thank you for that. So ways to pray for us, please pray. Uh, our field has been in a lot of transition. We just recently stepped into the field director role and um, we're set to get new workers in the next months, but pray for us as we continue these transitions. Uh, this is a time where God's kind of shifting the work and we want to follow him and what he's doing. And uh, pray for us too, as we continue to deal with COVID and the crisis and figuring out what church and uh, everything looks like in these new seasons. Uh, we know that God's working. We just want to partner with him. And so we're grateful for you all and we're grateful to be able to uh, continue to be connected to you uh, over these next weeks, months, and years. And Please know that we would love to hear from you too about ways that we can continue to pray for you all and with you all for what God is doing among you all. We believe this is a partnership, which is a two-way street, so we'd love to hear back from you all via email um, about what's what's going on in your lives and how we can pray for you and uh, yeah, we're grateful for this partnership. Mm -hmm. God bless you all. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Hmm. So we're going to be hearing more from them on a regular basis, um, but they're, we're, we're supporting them. And again, that's what it means to be ascending church. But finally, the final, final way I want to talk about what it means to be ascending church is that we as a church are willing, and this gets into our more specific goals and, and, and vision, um, we are willing to say goodbye to people in our church, who we have lived with, sacrificed with, served with, fought with, gotten offended by, forgave, offended, got forgiven by, loved and, and, and did life with. We, we, we want to, over the next, well, I laid this out back in March, and I said seven years, now it's pretty much six years, right? The clock is ticking. We want to send out 70 people from our church community who will go as international missionaries to places in particular that are unreached and don't have access to the good news that there's a king who's alive and who loves them to help other churches plant churches and to start new churches and true life campuses. By 2027, we want to send out 70 people who are going, who are laying down their lives to leave their church, the comforts of their church community to go. Now, that sounded ambitious when we laid it out. Um, and, and I said back in March that one way I could see this playing out is that while it starts off slowly, the momentum builds exponentially. Um, and those of you who might work in you know, life insurance, you, you, know, you might use that to pitch to your clients, right? You know, so like first year, year one, Two people. Second year, four people. Third year, eight people. 
Fourth year, 16. Fifth year, 32. Sixth year, 64. Seventh year could be 128 people at that rate. And that would be well over 70. Now, I don't know if it's going to play out like that, but, but what I was praying for was two people for the first year. For 2020, but two people by the end of 2020 would be called and sent by God in one of these ways. I didn't know who those two people would be. I didn't know why they would want to go. I didn't know where they would want to go. But lo and behold, as you guys, many of you know, at the end of 2020, we made the announcement that Joe and April Walters, who have been with us since 2014, are leaving us, are, are being sent off by the Spirit of God, compelled by the Spirit of God to lay down their dear lives here and say goodbye to friends and family and to go and to be part of a, a church plant in Long Branch with Bill and Shirley Sagaris who are coming out of Alive Again Alliance Church, a partner church of ours. And, and I want to end with a testimony from April, her perspective on the journey. Um, her, you know, I also laid out, the, 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 one of our prayer goals last, last year was for four more marriage testimonies of God doing a marriage breakthrough. Um, and so it, it occurred to me in the last service that God did the marriage testimony thing and also the, you know, the, the sending thing in one couple. Um, so I, wanna, I want you to see this testimony from April, and then we're going to pray over them. Um, Joe was supposed to be part of that, but he, had to, he got called into work the, the day of, and so we, we uh, um, just shot it with April and her perspective. So take a look at this, and then we'll end service by, by having them up here and, and praying and saying goodbye. Um, so 2018-2019, God kind of had been poking at us, Joe and I, about our marriage. There was things that needed to be cleaned up. There was things that needed to be addressed. And by 2000, end of 2019, he just kind of shoved us into it. We had a day, a Saturday, we were together, we were hanging out with our granddaughter all day. It was a good day. Went on our way home, we're looking at Christmas lights. It was, you know, just this fun ride, taking her home. And on the way home, I was like, I can't do this anymore. The Spirit was just like kind of shoving us because he had been poking for a while. We both were noticing things. And I think we were just kind of like brushing them off and ignoring them and God's like, no, enough. It's time to, to address this stuff. So we started going to counseling. Um, and, you know, we had some big things that we needed to address. Maybe some bondage that needed to be taken care of, some old hurts that needed to be taken care of. I am a yeller and a controller. When things get what I perceive as being out of control, he shuts down. And that was one thing that we addressed and understanding why he shuts down and why I yell and why I control made a difference in how we communicated with each other. Having compassion for each other in those moments when we still, you know, even now we both have moments where we still kind of go there, but it's different. Joe can call me out now, I can call him out, but it's done in love, it's done um, in an encouraging way. Joe had an issue with drinking and some behaviors that I felt were dishonoring to me and our marriage. So, you know, we had to address those things and work through those things and learn how to communicate and listen to each other. 
And then um, Pastor Bill and Shirley Sagaris came just to hang out at Trilake. They weren't there to speak. Um, they're from Alive Again. They feel called to plant a church in Long Branch. When they came to visit, Pastor Chris just said, hey, Bill and Shirley Sagaris are here. Make sure you're nice to them, say hello. And I felt like I heard God say, you're gonna be a part of that. So then after that, it was just like little moments here or there. What if uh, conversations Joe and I would have? What if God called us to Long Branch? Or what if God said, you know, you need to leave true life? That's when we started praying. All right, God, is this how we're to be a part of this? And just come alongside them and pray? Or is there more from us? It was actually a growth time in our walk together as a couple because we were reading together more. We were praying together more. Then we started inviting people in to pray for direction and to be sure that we're not just getting excited on something new and make sure that this is really what God wanted us to do. Once we made that decision and we knew that this is what God wanted us to do to go be a part of this plant team to plant this church in Long Branch, it was a time of realizing how much we had to trust God and how much we had to let go of. We're leaving behind some family We're leaving behind comfortableness. And we're stepping into a new family, not a new family, additional family. We're moving from a place that we've lived in for the last 12 years. Not only are we moving, but we're moving in an area that we're not familiar with. We're moving in an area that costs a whole lot more. So I'm leaving my job as kids ministry director um, and going into a a new job as dental assisting. It's not totally new for me. I did it many years ago, but it's been a long time, so it's kind of going to be totally new. And it's a different atmosphere. God's been a great provider through all this, like miraculously. Every need, want, desire, fear, Everything, everything we've, every hurdle we've had to go over, he's been right there helping us over those hurdles and taking care of one thing after another. Down for something as little as a place for our dog to be accepted because it's hard to find rentals that will take a dog to financial um, provision. So we had decided to take the money we had been saving and just bang out all this, take care of all this this debt. But then a couple of weeks of making that decision, someone came up to me uh, after church, slipped a card in my pocket. I pulled the card out on our way home from church. And I opened the card and I'm reading it. And I'm just like, like Joe, pull over, just pull over. And he's like, what's the matter? He's like, you pull over. So he pulls over, I hand it to him. And like, he was like just welling up in tears. We couldn't believe, it was like a check that was for $5,000. So, um, God's good, and he took care of, you know, he's, he's providing. He's taking care of another thing that we had to come up against in this journey, stepping into where he's called us. So we start taking care of the debt. Uh, it, it even gave us a little bit of cushion for when Joe has his eye surgery done next week, and, and he's going to be out of work. And then this week, the mail comes. I look at the mail. It's like it's junk mail, it's flyers. So when Joe gets home, he opens up the mail and he starts telling me it's it's from Wells Fargo. Now I had a car loan. My car loan was through Wells Fargo, but we paid it off a year, maybe a year and a half ago. So we haven't had anything to do with Wells Fargo since then. And he's like, it's from Wells Fargo. Um, And I'm still thinking it's like 
just junk mail. And he's like reading this letter and he's saying, they're giving us, they're giving us a refund. I'm like, yeah, right, you're right. He's like, I'm telling you, they're giving us a refund. He continues to read it. It was from misapplied payments that happened and we accrued fees and, and stuff from those misapplied uh, payments. So I'm walking over to him and I'm laughing. I'm like, yeah, you're so full of it. And he showed me the check and it was a check, another check for over, over 5,000. And I was like, there's our deposit, easy deposit. I don't believe the healing in our marriage was just for Joe and I. I do believe it was for Joe and I. It was for our family. But I think it's also because he's calling us in a place where we have to be unified and we have to be healthy relationally. Um, we can't serve, especially in difficult situations. It's not going to necessarily be easy. It's not an easy environment if we're not healed, we're not whole as a couple. There was, within the last few months, Joe and I going through uh, the parable of the talents. And as we're reading it and we're discussing it, and uh, we even dug into commentary on it, as we're, we're talking, I'm, I'm writing down two words uh, on my, in my notebook. And we're talking, and then talking about what it means, like what our talents are, what our resources are that God gives us. And um, what are we doing with our, our talents, the resources God gives us? And we ended it with, Joe, I said to Joe, I said, Joe, when you, as we're going through this, what, what are two words that come to mind? Like, what comes to mind to you and what we're doing with our resources individually and as a couple? And he said, lazy and complacent. And those were the same two words that I wrote down in my notebook. And yeah, we've just kind of been sticking to that, like, we're not going to be lazy. We're not going to be complacent. We're going to step out and be uncomfortable and just keep moving forward. I'm going to call Joe and April up here as we say goodbye, prepare to say goodbye. Um, last service, they shared a few words, and then they prayed for us. And, and since this is the final service, we're going to pray for them. Um, as they're making their way up, I just want to just make sure you saw what April said at the end. God healed our marriage, but it wasn't just for us, right? It was to be part of his reconciliation work out there. He's a healer, not just for us. Healed to be sent. All right, you guys. Oh. Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, this is definitely a bittersweet day. Um, when we first came to True Life seven years ago, uh, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to be here. I came because my wife wanted to. And uh, after these seven years, it is really hard for both of us to leave. 
Um, in those seven years, life has been full of uh, laughter and good times, bad times, hard times, tears, and uh, a lot of life moments. And it would not have been the same w without you all getting us through it. Um, you have no idea how much we appreciate your love and uh, your prayers, your support, accountability even over the years. It has been a, a safe place to go through growing pains. Uh, even though we, we are being called uh, to be a part of the Remnant Church plant, uh, it won't be here on Sundays does not mean that we won't be a part of each other's lives. We are just going to Monmouth County, and 13 minutes up the parkway. I'll give you my address later. Um, we will still be going to dinners and going out to lunch and celebrating life moments. Uh, and of course, uh, crabbing with the sergeants. And uh, I will definitely still be uh, driving Rigo crazy with my questions. We will miss seeing your faces on Sundays and want you to know that we love you all very, very much. And we'll miss seeing you on Sunday very, very much. I thought this was gonna be easier the second time around. <laughs> it's actually harder because it's like official. In the first service, um, I had thanked Pastor Chris and um, for being uh, a good friend, a graceful boss, and a great pastor, uh, for making this a safe place to make mistakes and grow, for fighting for us as a couple um, and our family our marriage faithfully in prayer. Um, we love you. We love you too, Jess. We pray for you guys often, and we pray for your girls often. Uh, so I want to thank um, Kids Ministry volunteers, past and present. I appreciate your grace and your support and your prayers over the last five years. Without you guys, Kids Ministry would not exist. Uh, a few weeks back, during the um, parable series, Pastor Chris talked about the mustard seed parable. And that message was really impactful for me because I still have, or we have, two children who still haven't come to the Lord. And it was encouraging to know it was encouraging with the seeds that Joe, just like a reminder that Joe and I have been planting seeds in them. Um, and in the last week or so, it's been coming to mind with kids' ministry. The scripture was Matthew 13, verses 31 and 32. <clears throat> Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. 
So in that message, Pastor Chris had talked about, he had shared with us how when the shutdown happened, he was concerned about the church and um, connecting. Um, But he had a moment one day with the Lord. It was a rainy day, and he felt like the Lord had said to him, just like I am watering the seeds in the soil, I want you to trust I am watering the seeds in the hearts of the church community. So the scripture says that the mustard seed is the tiniest of all herb seeds, right? But it grows to be the largest of the garden plants. Look how huge. I, this picture was just like so impactful for me because I never realized how huge these plants grow. Kids will um, come to church just for one Sunday, and then they're gone. Kids will come for a short time, and then they move on. Kids will goof around and be disruptive in class, and some kids are still around. And even now in this season of COVID, we don't have nearly as many kids coming on Sundays as we have in the past, and it can be discouraging. So I want to um, encourage all the kids' ministry volunteers, even those who were in the past who felt like they have made no impact, I want to encourage you that you have planted a, a tiny seed in each child that has walked into your classroom. Even those who came for that one-time visit. And even though that mustard seed is tiny, it grows into a giant tree. And just like the kingdom of heaven, it is unstoppable. And the seed that you planted in each child is unstoppable. And just like how Pastor Chris had to trust that God was watering the seeds of all of our hearts during the shutdown, you all have to trust that he's watering those seeds and these kids that have come to our church. The ones who came for the one-time visit, the ones who were here and are now gone, the kids who goofed off every Sunday, and the kids who can't come back just yet because of COVID. I want to thank you all for your dedication to our kids' eternity. It's been an honor to serve with you all. I want to thank uh, the Kids Ministry sign-in team for fighting with those computers every Sunday and welcoming our families in. I appreciate you all, and I love you all. And parents, um, I've said this a few times, I truly love your children. I've prayed for them many times. It excites me to watch our kids grow, watch your children grow. They're my kids too. They've made a spot in my heart as my own children have. And it excites me to watch them grow. It excites me to watch Kale, who outgrew kids' ministry, come back and serve in kids' ministry enthusiastically. It excites me to see Haley has a job now. It excites me to see that Kale, not Kale, I'm sorry, his brother, Chase, who's on fire for the Lord. I love you children, and I will continue to be praying for them and for your family. Thank you for serving our church so faithfully, both of you.
April, you've been on staff as our kids director, but Joe, you too, you, have, you guys have both always had just a whatever it takes kind of heart. Doesn't matter what it is, I'll serve in any capacity. If our church has a need, I'll do it. Thank you for that. Um, let's pray for these guys. Why don't we do this? Bill and Shirley Sagaris, who we are handing them off to, why don't you guys come forward? Can you guys, just because we can't all squish on the stage and, and um, not uh, violate uh, the, the, the stuff we have for this building, can you guys step down front, stick your mask back on? We'll, yeah, you too, you can go down front. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bill and Shirley, you can be on one side of them, representing that we are handing them off to you guys, and Mandy and Rigo. Mandy and Rigo were their first life group leaders, and, and I know Rigo's been mentoring Joe. Um, you guys can face, face these guys. Face the, your, your church community. I, I know I'm orchestrating something here that I didn't give you a heads up about. Um, and these guys on the other side representing true life and leadership and handing you guys off to a new church. Um, in prior days, in another era, we would have as many people as wanted to come up and crowd around and lay hands on these guys. Um, but we live in a, a different era right now. Um, so if you guys um, can just stand as we, as we conclude our service. Um, I'm going to hand this to, to, to Rigo and Mandy. Um, do you guys have the mic? Oh. Um, but one, one last thing I just want you guys to know about. Because we're ascending church, we want to be behind these guys, not just in prayer and not just in encouragement, but also um, financially. And so we've set up a fund, a love offering fund for them that you can give to in two ways. You can text the normal uh, text way, 77977. Um, put True Life NJ in the subject field and then follow the prompts and then click um, Remnant Church. Or actually, you guys changed it. It should actually say Walter Sendoff. Uh, okay, Remnant Church, never mind. Put Remnant Church. It was supposed to be there. <laughs> or you can mail the check in and put Walters in the memo. Um, and that will go to them. Just a way of, it's a way of putting our money where our mouth is, right? Putting our money where our mouth is. It's a big endeavor to pick up your family, move, quit your job, find a new job, and all that. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for the Walters. Thank you so much, Lord. Just like that mustard seed, Lord God, that April talked about, they're being sowed as a mustard seed into your kingdom, into Remnant Church, and what you have for them. And may their ministry sprout, may Remnant Church sprout into your purposes in the name of Jesus, and may the kingdom of God grow in their sphere of influence in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, you will continue to prosper them in the natural, financially, Lord, but you will also prosper them spiritually. And may their function be clear in this body they're being planted into, Lord God, to further your kingdom and purposes. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit as we send them, empower them, yeah. Lord God, empower them to be witnesses to their new place, Father God, to bring many people to the Lord, to influence many people for your kingdom, that many will be saved, set free, and delivered by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we bless Pastor Bill and Shirley in the name of Jesus, that you empower yeah. them as well yes, as shepherds of this flock, Father God. And we thank you for what you're doing in their lives, yes. in their ministry, for your glory in Jesus' name. We mm. send them off in your power, in the name of Jesus. Be blessed. Amen. Amen.